Hey, folks, I know there are lots of business owners who listen to this show. Maybe some of you never planned on running a business, but now here you are. One thing you've always got to keep in mind is how much you're spending on your operating costs. That's one of the first things we had to keep in mind with WTF. And with things costing more today than they did when we started, you want to keep your expenses down. To reduce costs and headaches, be smart and use NetSuite by Oracle, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Reduce IT costs, cut the costs of maintaining multiple systems, improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash WTF for more. That's netsuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash WTF. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fuck, Nicks? What's happening? How's it going? Is everybody okay? I'm Mark Marin. This is my podcast, WTF. Let me tell you, today on the show, a name that for some reason is confounding to me. I work with this woman all the time. I work with her all the time, and I'm always amazed if I can get her name correct. Lara Bites. Lara Bites. The tricky thing is, it's not Laura. It's Lara Bites. It's L-A-R-A-B-E-I-T-Z. Lara Bites. She's a comedian. I bring her on stage, and I'm, I'm just thrilled when I get the name right. It, you wouldn't think it'd be difficult, but it is for some reason. She's very funny. Uh, I was happy to get to know her by having her on this show. She's been on Comedy Central. She co-hosts the uh, podcast Slobs, which you can uh, get wherever you get your podcasts. Um, and I, I, I had a nice chat with her. I really did. I was excited. I'm excited to talk to these young comedians. I started watching that George Carlin documentary that Judd did finally. I watched it and it was very interesting that, you know, you, you get these documentaries that are, you know, he's making a documentary. They're making a documentary about a guy who got it right and no one fucking listened. And that's the message. This guy eventually landed in a zone where he was just telling sort of fiery truth. That was sometimes funny. It sometimes wasn't. He was correct about a lot of things and a lot of them came to pass and he was pointing them out in a way that implied maybe we should be aware of this and fix it. Nothing happened. A few things did, but mostly not. So this is a a beautiful documentary about a guy that we didn't listen to correctly. There is nobody, zero people that carry the Carlin mantle in the way that he did it nobody because people have too much ego invested too much trivialization there's nobody that is doing it with the weight of later carlin and i didn't even like later carlin that much but i look at it in a different way and it was inspiring to me but this idea that somehow comedians are thought leaders is bullshit none of them could fucking hold a candle to the type of things that george carlin was saying towards the end of his career in the last few specials. He framed it like George Carlin and you could get laughs, but he was just sort of like 
this is what's up and we're in trouble. I don't know who's doing that. And you know, I'm glad I watched it. I'm not even finished watching it. But it did inspire me to start, you know, fucking doing a little goddamn homework on the set that I've been kicking around for the, the last year. The two hours that I'm working with. Try to focus, dude. What are you trying to say? Despite that it might not get a laugh, despite that people might disagree, despite the fact that people don't really fucking think. They think they think because they read things that seem to be by people who think, but most people don't fucking think. They're just scrambling to get through their fucking lives and not be terrified. But terrifying times, man. I'll be in Durham, North Carolina on June 17th at the Carolina Theater. Charlotte on June 18th at the Knight Theater. Charleston, South Carolina on June 19th at the Charleston Music Hall. Las Vegas on July 15th and 16th at Wise Guys. There are also August and September dates in Indianapolis, Louisville, Lincoln, Nebraska, Des Moines, and Iowa City, Iowa, Tucson, Arizona. Phoenix, Arizona, and Boulder, Colorado. Go to WTFpod.com slash tour for all dates and ticket info. And also the beautiful thing about Carlin is that he didn't seem to have many friends because he wanted to think. He didn't see himself as a leader. He wasn't a tribal warlord. He didn't need that kind of support. What the fuck is happening? All right, look. I know what's happening. Lara Bites is here. Her podcast, Slobs, which she hosts with uh, Jessica Michelle and Steph Tolev, is available on all podcast platforms. She'll be at the Milwaukee Improv for six shows starting June 23rd through June 26th. This is me talking to Lara bites sometimes i wish i paid more attention in school or in some cases any attention at all there are probably a lot of things i could have gotten more out of like literature and now it's probably not in the cards to go back to school and study the classics but luckily for us there's a new podcast called the foxed page that dives deep into the best books of all time this is basically like the best possible college english class but more relaxed and fun no pressure of grades or needing to to prepare something to say in class. It's only the books you want to read and know about presented by best-selling author Kimberly Ford. Everything from Cormac McCarthy to Madame Bovary, from classics like Frankenstein to modern hits like Lessons in Chemistry. I love Ireland, but I missed the boat on James Joyce. The Fox Page has a three-part series on Dubliners, and that's a pretty great starting point. Want to get the most out of what you read? The Fox Page is for you. Get it now wherever you get your podcasts so what you're uh, you're overwhelmed all the time too oh yeah yeah absolutely like yeah. today what was the big what was the big obstacles oh i drove here <laughs> 
that's it <laughs> yeah that's enough uh, that's of course that's enough yeah i live in culver city are you kidding me it was so much more than i could handle and then uh, it kept going on for way longer than i could handle it really yeah oh yeah are you are you uh, uh new to driving no no <laughs> nope just scared all the time of just driving um of driving the most the most yeah oh boy yeah mm. i started taking oh. um an anti-anxiety medication which one uh boost bar how's, how's that one uh it's great really? i've like gotten so many people on it i want them to sponsor boost bar? just me yeah yeah, yeah. uh boost bar with boost a bar. with a b uh, i think the generic name is boost is it like a Ativan or a Valium or a, No, it uh, doesn't feel good like that. It's not uh, it's nothing Oh, it's one of those those drugs that you don't feel at all other yeah. than it does what it's supposed to. Yeah, exactly. Oh fuck those. Yeah, it's not like a beta blocker, it's not an SSRI. I've had the beta blocker before. How does that work for you? I don't know. I was so filled with rage, we thought it might work. Yeah. But I, I, I'm, I, t- I tried it once or twice. I'm not sure if it did work. I'm, I don't know, really. Yeah. It was a bad relationship. And uh, <laughs> it, it, didn't, it didn't stop it from being bad. Yeah. Yeah. I had one where it was one of the ones where you're supposed to control your own dose, which mm. I thought was a bad idea from the jump. The beta blocker? No. Uh, I think it was like actually technically an antihistamine but they give it to people for anxiety but it just makes you fall asleep like oh, it sucked right but yeah. your nose is clear yeah <laughs> your sinuses are good yeah i like they they were like the the maximum you can take in a day is four yeah and i took one and it didn't work and then i took four immediately and i'm yeah. like i'm in recovery you know <laughs> and so i'm like i'm gonna be so careful with these and like the second that I don't feel <laughs> perfect, I was like, well, what if I take as many as I'm allowed to? It oh still didn't work. So you're, you're an anxiety person? Oh, yeah. I am too, I think. And I, I don't know that I ever identified it until fairly recently. Yeah. You've always known? No, I've just always been terrified at all times. And then finally someone noticed. Terrified? Um, yeah. And um, yeah, this medication just makes it where I'm just scared all the time which doesn't sound like a big upgrade but it's a tremendous There's improvement a little in my room, quality of life a little yeah. room between scared and terrified yeah where you can maybe catch a breath yeah <laughs> yeah I, I yeah i don't I, i'm not taking anything and i think that my coffee intake sadly um exacerbates the situation uh yeah no shit it does you're not on anything except coffee are you out of your fucking mind no wonder you're scared all the time i'm not scared i'm just i'm like ah what are we oh, gonna yeah but you know but i'm not I, i'm not I, it's not fear that i'm experiencing it's uh it's some sort of aggressive fomo it's like like yeah. like like i'm just like i'm just uh like Everything is happening to me, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm missing everything. Yeah. And, and it, like, just little things. Like, today was rough with the anxiety. Yeah. Because of, of a watering problem. I, I'm trying to <laughs> yeah, I, I'm trying to be good and only water appropriately related to, you know, the drought. Yeah. But there's something wrong with my sprinkler timers, and they're, like, going on and on and on. And I'm think I'm embarrassed because the neighbors... <laughs> see all this water i'm just like there i'm gonna be like the water waster i'm they're gonna judge me and i couldn't turn them off and then i like i spent like an hour trying to figure out what's wrong with the timers because some things are getting watered some things aren't it was and then i'm just i decided that some things are almost dead and i'm out there i'm like some things aren't getting water at all and it was it just it was uh, uh insane and i texted um 
my gardener who speaks no English like 90 times, like a man <laughs> who's obsessed. Just like, you know, and I got to that text at the end where it's sort of like, maybe I have to call somebody else because he hadn't responded to my yeah, text. Yeah. And then finally he did. And so uh, he said he's going to send a guy. I'm like, does that guy know how to do the timer thing? <laughs> so that was that was today. And then the grill was not was not acting right. And, and then, you know, tragedy happens in the world. Horrendous tragedy. And I'm just consumed with sprinkler and grill problems. And uh, a gunman killed a bunch of people. Yeah. And then that doesn't make me anxious. That just makes me, uh, it does though. It, it, you know, it makes me empathetic, but also it makes me sort of like, it's time to go. It might be time to go. Uh, there's that anxiety. Let's well, get out. Well, I kind of hear shame. Yeah. Like over, I don't know, you having these feelings about the sprinkler, yeah. which I totally understand. Sure. I'm laughing because I relate. Mm. I would be freaking out too if my yeah. sprinkler were overwatering my lawn. In a drought where I shouldn't be watering anything. But then, yeah, I don't know if it's ever a helpful layer to be like, I, I don't know. What? I think that I think that Speak it's important mind. to like be grateful for what we have. But then I do think that there's this point where it for people like us is just this almost like <sighs> it's this. Oh, and then this feels like a good warm bath to slip into the hate, the self hatred on top of like oh the small God. mistake that I'm making and trying to correct yeah, is the, the real problems that people have. And about, I'm a piece of shit for still feeling the gauntlet of human emotion. Right. When my problems are smaller, I should be happy all the time. But that's what completely unrealistic. Shame. How are you with the body shame? Uh, I've my... hated every moment I've ever spent in my body. <laughs> I've hated my body since I was born. Yeah, I can't um, take it. I'm just like, no, horrendous. I don't know. I'm. I like. No, that's not true. I was gonna say I'm. I think I'm better with it, but I'm not. Oh, it's so exhausting. It's so annoying that the solution isn't on the outside. Because I like it? lost this weight, and I was like, oh, I'll feel. Great. I'll feel that way now. I feel, dare I say, like the same yeah, almost, yeah. like just I, about. I don't have like I don't. I, for most people who would just be, here's my new thing with that because I, I have I had an anorexic mother, so I I grew up never I I'm, have total body dysmorphia and discomfort. Yeah. But uh, lately, my new treatment for it is to be like, you know, no one's looking at your, you know, your your quote unquote fat. No one's looking at you saying like that guy's got a weight problem no one's even thinking about how you feel in your pants yeah of yeah. course they are though they are they are they're thinking about me maybe they're not thinking about the way you feel in your pants they're thinking about the way i look they are yeah i, okay. I mean i just had like a late night appearance and i didn't read the youtube comments because of what happened the last time i read the youtube comments which late night um corden Oh, how was that? The Late Late Show. I, I can't do that one anymore. It was so much fun. Why it not? It was. I don't know how to have fun. And it's all about fun. <laughs> it I'd wasn't rather... that much fun. <laughs> I was so scared. <laughs> I, I'd rather just... <laughs> it was fun for five minutes. I just like going out one-on-one -on -one with a guy that knows how to do it yeah. or standing up and talking by myself. Yeah. You know, there's another guest and he's like half talking to two people and there's a lot of activity and things. And I'm like, I can't do this. Yeah. I don't know if anything's landing. And why yeah. am I sitting with this person? <laughs> That's what goes on when I do Corden. Yeah. Oh, but that's a different experience. I just did five minutes of stand-up. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Oh, no. I have to sit on the couch with the other person. Yeah. I was terrified until like halfway through my set. And then I was like, oh, this is going so well. And yeah. then I enjoyed 
the second half of my five minute set and Good then it was you. over. What and a... it's crazy how fast like the studio just like clears out when oh, these yeah. things it's are a, done. So another... there's no like after party, no Nothing. one hangs out. And they do it every day. And I'm just like, damn, that's it's over. Yeah. yeah. And it, that's what I always think. It's sort of like, where's what are we where are we all going now? Yeah. And they're like, This is a job. Yeah. <laughs> Even Ian Carmel, yeah. they'll sell you something nice to you. But then they're like, I gotta go back to the and I'm like, but this is my party. Yeah. 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 I know. I know. It took me a long time just to realize like it's another day at work for these people. Yeah. You're not gonna get special treatment here. Because they seem like they're having so much fun. It looks like such a party. Oh, it's a but then lie. the second it's the credits roll, it's, it's over. It's a lie. Yeah. And that's the moment when I'm comfortable. It's yeah. after your set. They're yeah. like, yeah, yeah. I like I did I'm, it. Yeah. Where's my prize? <laughs> yeah, I have my like my adrenaline, but it's like the good kind of adrenaline, yeah. you know? Yeah. So yeah. You you stayed off the comment, so yeah, I did. Um, but I was talking to <laughs> my boyfriend about it, and I was like, I like I already know what they're going to say. And he was like, Oh yeah, I read the comments. Don't read the comments. You do not want to. There were negative ones. And I was like, I don't even want to hear that. Why are you telling me that? I already said I wasn't going to look at them. And he's like, No, I'm validating your choice because yeah, there were some like really mean ones on there. Oh. So I know it's the same shit. It always is. They're going to say I'm fat and I'm ugly and I look like a man, but it's because they're like these sad people who haven't accomplished and, and, and anything. And also, for some reason, women just can't get a break yeah, on those fucking things. Yeah, that's all it is. Yeah. yeah we had, years ago, we had a comment board on the website for the show, and we took it down because of that. Every female guest, it was like, a, it was like what the fuck is wrong? Yeah. It's like, it's like a, a large group's hobby yeah. is to just troll around and shit on women yeah. all they can. So, but you have all these issues. <laughs> Which is, wait, I see, I don't know, I, I'm glad you're here, because I, I was like, I got to interview some some of these uh, these young guns. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> you know, it's like, who do I know? So I got, I interviewed Jesus. Oh, great. And you, because I, I mean, I work with you, I see you, you're funny, you've got a thing, but I don't know anything about you Thank or you. What, what brings you here. Yeah. Where do you come from? I come from Milwaukee. Mm. <laughs> That's never gotten such a strong response. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's great. I was hoping you weren't going to say like Los Angeles because then no. it'd be like, oh fuck. No, absolutely not. Milwaukee. I was just there. Really? Yeah, at the Turner Ballroom. Oh, great. Um, I like Milwaukee. I like that gig. Yeah. I like that city because when I was there last time, I stayed at that St. Kate Hotel. Do you know that place? It's no. The Art Hotel, St. 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 Something. I've never heard of it. Come on, man. I know it's there. It must be a newer not, one. When was the last time you were that terrified of going Well, home? I was there last year a couple times. St. Kate Arts Hotel. Yeah, I've never heard of that. It's nice. There's galleries downstairs. There's a pretty good restaurant. All the rooms are kind of themed and interesting. That's cool. It must be new. Uh, I, it's been there since before COVID because I went there. Well, but that's fairly new. I mean, I left. I moved from there in 2013 and I only just went back. Are you folks there? No. Oh. So you, where are they? Um, my dad has is dead, and my mom okay. lives in Minocqua, Wisconsin, which is like four hours north of Milwaukee. Oh, all right. But you grew up in Milwaukee mm -hmm. without them. No, I grew up with my parents. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't grow up independently. Yeah, okay. I had a little apartment. <laughs> I was a baby. <laughs> no, yeah, I had parents. I had parents as a child. And you have brothers and sisters and stuff. I have one older sister. What'd she do? Um, she works at a pharmacy. 
in Milwaukee? Uh, no, in Minocqua. Minocqua. Yeah. What, what's that town like? Do you go there more than you go to Milwaukee? Yes. Okay. Yeah, because my family lives there. Okay. Um, it's pretty. It's like in the woods. But they used to live in Milwaukee? Mm-hmm. Was it a fun place to grow up? Um, I mean, I didn't like being a kid, and it's very cold there, yeah. so I didn't <laughs> have fun growing up. I think that there are other people who have had fun growing up there. You didn't like being a kid? No, I hated being a kid. Yeah? Yeah. I was, How did that manifest itself? I just was when miserable you... at home. I was miserable at school, and then I had to go back home, and then I had to go back to school. It was just awful. I was there it. problems everywhere? Yeah. I kept running away, but, you know, from I was home? a kid. Yeah. yeah. For, I ran away from home. I ran away from school. What was going on? Um, my dad was an alcoholic, uh, and my mom was... The wife an alcoholic's of an alcoholic? wife. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so that was it, like what kind? Explosive alcoholic? Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. It was brutal. And so then you're... I would like go to school and be weird and like <laughs> kids would make fun of me and oh, no. it sucked. Yeah, it was it awful. It was just like just terrified. Well, that's the anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. So just like never know what's going to fucking happen. Yeah. One of those alcoholics? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Aren't they all those alcoholics? No. Some of them just go to sleep or get goofy. <laughs> oh, no. No. It was like which... <laughs> Which person is this going to be? Oh, blackout guy? Yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah, but I didn't, like, know that. Like, there was so much behind the scenes. Like, my mom told me that there were so many mornings where she, like, would drag him off of the kitchen floor and, like, drag him into another room before we would get up for school so and that we wouldn't him see him. Oh. <laughs> no, not like weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> she didn't put sunglasses on him and a hat. Stick him in the corner. <laughs> Dad's quiet today. That's <laughs> No, she just would like drag him out of the room and then um <sighs> I mean I I do remember him like calling in sick for work like a lot. Yeah. And just like what being did he in do? bed. He was a lawyer. Oh really? So he was like Yeah. He had a real job and everything. He did, but we never had enough money because he drank so much like he would go out to like the nicest bar and just like blow it all like our car would like break down in the middle of intersections and stuff like we didn't god so he was an alcoholic your whole life um he wasn't he was so he died when i was 24 and of alcoholism no of just death i mean he had a heart attack oh um he was he he got sober in jail when i was 12 he was in jail yeah and he stayed sober for 12 years so for the first 12 years that i knew my dad he was drunk and for the second 12 years that i knew him he was sober and then he died why did he go to jail um like drunk stuff he like drove drunk too many times and so i think he did like six or nine months when i was in high school and then he didn't hit anybody though um he got in a car accident with my sister in the car when my sister was a baby oh but i don't know if he got I think he got arrested that time. I don't know. I, I mean, my mom tried to protect us. That's so chaos. there was like a lot of stuff that I didn't really know about. And you know what's so crazy is recently I mentioned this to my mom and my sister. And my sister doesn't even remember that my dad went to jail. And my she's mom. She's older than you. Uh-huh. She's five years older. And my mom doesn't remember how long it was for. So it's like even talking to them, it's almost like none of this stuff ever happened uh, what do and you think I'm that's like, ptsd i i mean i've been diagnosed with ptsd and it explained everything that i didn't have an explanation for in my life yeah um so i'm sure they have it too yeah 
Um, That's horrendous. Yeah, yeah it's so, crazy. So when you're growing up, when you said you'd go to school and you like, what you just felt, <laughs> you couldn't feel normal, right? Yeah. And all the other kids sensed it. I mean, I I was also really like, I acted out. Oh yeah. I acted out a lot. I did a lot of like attention seeking, and just had really low self esteem. So like, I mean, I'm you know tried <sighs> yeah. to make the other kids laugh. Really wanted to be yeah. liked, but yeah. also was like wearing the same clothes to school every day because I wasn't, you know. Yeah, so they're making fun of you on top of everything else. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So ultimately all you're achieving is just being the weird kid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was trying so hard. <laughs> it's the worst. No schoolwork though, right? Um, No. Yeah, I can't remember doing any schoolwork, ever. I don't remember this totally, but my mom said that I would write like this is a stupid assignment on, on on a paper and just like push it to the edge of my desk. And I ended up skipping a grade, I think, because I was so difficult to teach. And I wasn't trying to be an asshole. I think part of it was just like I wasn't afraid to be hit when I was at school. Like I knew the teacher wasn't going to hit me, and so I'm like, "Well, what are you going to do?" Like, yeah, what are the stakes here? Oh, I'm going to play. I'm going to be inside for recess in yeah. this <laughs> safe classroom so where I'm getting attention from an adult. Like, you don't have, you can't tell me shit. It doesn't matter you know? what kind of attention. Yeah, negative no. or positive. No, mostly negative. Yeah, and all the other kids are like, "What?" Yeah. They're like, well, you can do that. And it's like, yeah, I evidently can. Yeah. <laughs> Were you getting hit at home? Yeah. Uh, by the by, the monster? Yeah. Jesus Christ. That's rough. Yeah. This goes on, like, how were you in high school? Um, high school was harder because you can, like, really fail stuff there, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I started, you know, doing drugs and drinking when I was a senior, and that helped a that, lot. That was the that was the beginning of it. Yeah. Really? Yeah. What kind of drugs? Um, everything that <laughs> I saw. So I did like what I was told was ecstasy, but I didn't really do that much. Yeah. Um, mushrooms. Yeah. Uh, like, opium, pot every day, alcohol every day. Oh, so you're full um, on fuck up, huh? Yeah. 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 It was good. Me too. I kind of, I mean, not to, I did it a little later. Yeah. The daily pot smoking. Yeah. It was high school. I don't know. The stakes were kind of high and I didn't like not having control of myself and I always found my, it's always embarrassing. I drank a lot, but I always drank till vomiting. Yeah. Same. Oh, really? Yeah. So you're like one of those people. Yeah. I just couldn't get enough. Yeah. I mean, if I didn't vomit, I would pass out, but. I guess it's, yeah. I wonder, I try to figure out if it was I couldn't get enough or I think, to be honest with you, like if you lose control of yourself, then you're everyone else's responsibility, yeah. and you kind of you know take over the evening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what are we going to do with him? Yeah, and uh, I think that had something to do with it. Like, I don't think I liked blacking out, or I don't think I was feeling good at that time. But I think that I don't know. I didn't like beer, so I drank hard liquor, and I'd always become you know the problem. Yeah. Yeah, but that means it's about you. Yeah. What an annoying friend. Yeah, I just couldn't, I couldn't get enough. Yeah? Yeah, and I would start drinking because I would be, I would be nervous. Yeah. And the pot made me even more nervous, but yeah. it also made me feel fucked up, which I loved. Yeah. Um, and so I, I drank because the alcohol made me feel less nervous. Yeah. 
But then there was never a point where I just wasn't nervous and was having a good time. It was like then I was just blacked out, trashed, couldn't. Trashed. Yeah. I don't I don't think I don't remember having any good times. I've realized that like if you don't feel comfortable in yourself, all your memories are embarrassing and traumatic. I'm so happy to hear you say that. (laughs) Not that I mean, I, I wish that you had good times all the time. I mean, maybe I, I went skiing once or twice and <laughs> sure. I had some people, you know, like I yeah. remember hanging out with some pretty exciting people yeah. now and again, but mostly it was just, you know, awkward and desperate. Yeah. The whole fucking run. Yeah. It was just being nervous because you were y- you and yeah. then being nervous because you were too drunk. But I never knew what the hell to do with myself or like who I was or what I was supposed to be. A lot of outfit changing. Yeah. That went on until, you know, well into my 30s. Yeah. <laughs> like like trying to land on some sense of self that might work. Did it go on until comedy? Uh, yeah. You know, I did. I went through a lot of outfits during comedy. Yeah. Yeah. But then, I don't know, I kind of leveled off where maybe it was just a, an honest uh, uh, searching for the right, you know, wardrobe. Yeah. And haircut. And facial hair. Yeah, I I did a lot of outfit changing until stand up, and then stand up became my entire identity, and that seemed people seemed to like that well enough. So that's you, where I'm at right now. Did you go to college? Mm-hmm. So you you did like you so you drank all through high school, and somehow you managed to get enough grades to go to college. I drank my last year of high school, and somehow I managed to get decent enough grades to go to a college that pretty much just lets anybody in. Where's that? Um, it's called Mount Mary University. It's in Milwaukee. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I think I heard of that. Yeah. Is that possible? Uh, is what possible? That I heard of it? No, it's unlikely, but okay. I wasn't going to fight you on it. Uh, <laughs> 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 I'm not going to say, no, you didn't. I did don't you, know what you've heard. <laughs> did you continue drinking in college? Yeah. Yeah. How was that? Great. Um, it was great, right? It was just, um, humiliation. It was just endless humiliation. Oh. Did you have friends? Uh, No. Oh, like good. so you're drinking alone in college? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would like start off with friends, but then I would get banned from like all the like frat parties and stuff cuz I'm like vomiting everywhere and like laid out and people can't have fun. wake me up, can't move me, yeah. have to like step over me to go to the bathroom. I remember that different places. Like that was <laughs> what over? happened. Yeah, that was like my move. You <laughs> just throwing up throwing so up much everywhere. Throwing up in the everywhere. bathroom and people yeah. needed to use the bathroom. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah, it's terrible. Just, I was unmanageable. And I do, I totally relate to what you're talking about. And I remember there would almost always be a moment in the night where I would realize, like, I'm about to pass the point of no return, like yeah. where I'm completely incapacitated. And then I would be like, ah, they'll figure it out. And yeah. then I would just, like, yeah. take the next drink and wake up with my boots and my winter coat on on the f- floor and be oh. like, well... Yeah, just like Here dad. Here we are today. Yeah. Wow. Oh, God. How did I not make that connection sooner? <laughs> yeah. Just like dad. Yeah. Well, there's that moment where you're like, hey, everyone's laughing. And then you, you know, then the rest of the night is lost. Yeah. Yeah. And you realize that like it was probably something because you were throwing up on yourself or falling over or you just hit your head on a chair. Yeah. So what? Uh, but not anymore. Okay. Well, what happens? It's okay. Um, you go through all college? Yeah. Drunk? Yeah. I mean, yes and no. So I was always trying to quit drinking. So I I didn't know 
until I like started step work and started writing stuff out yep. that I had tried to quit drinking every single year since I started drinking oh, so pretty you, much daily when I was 17. When you, Oh, first step work. Yeah. You had to decide whether or not you had a problem. Yeah. <laughs> it turns out I, I did. So you're always trying to quit. Yeah. So you knew that and you yeah. couldn't quit. Every yeah. day since you were 17. Not every day, but, but every yeah, yeah. every year. Yeah, yeah. I would have like a period where I wasn't drinking. And then to me, that proved that I could quit drinking. So I could drink again. So when did you like, so you finished college with what kind of degree? Um, I double majored in psychology, behavioral science, and philosophy. Oh, wow. So you're really trying to figure yourself out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I just didn't want to do anything. There were no jobs I wanted. Did that stuff work out for you? Did any of that coalesce into anything other than a way of looking at the world and doing comedy? Um, I worked with kids with developmental disabilities for a while, uh, which I don't think I could have done without that degree. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So you graduated college and that's what you did? Developmental disability? I mean, I did a lot of other things, too. Still drinking? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I worked at... A corner store. I worked in restaurants. I worked in, in Milwaukee. A different corner store. Yeah. And Chicago. I worked in tech support. I went door to door asking for like donations for, for different organizations. How'd that go? It's the worst. Oh, it's the worst. Oh Anything with a quota. I don't know how salespeople do it. I think that that. Oh my God. And you're like, you know, drinking and you're insecure mm-hmm. and, you know, awful nightmare. So just, dehumanizing. It's almost like, you know, you're just yeah. going up. Can, Hey, could you hurt my feelings? Yeah, absolutely. Could you reject me? Oh, okay. A hundred times a day? Perfect. Outstanding. Did you move to People who are like my age in beautiful houses. Yeah. And I'm like, hi. I'm a piece of shit. Can you say no to me, please? (laughs) That was actually the script. It was fucked up. They made you say that. (laughs) <laughs> You're not even selling anything. They no. just paid people to go out and do that, <laughs> that just for, for a laugh. No, I. The, that's the funds I was raising were for me to live my life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so, had you? Did you move to Chicago? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 2013, and I lived there till 2016, and then I moved here. So you do all the stuff, corner stores, and door-to-door rejection. Yeah, <laughs> and you work with developmentally disabled kids. Yeah. Well, that must have been rewarding on some level. Yeah. When did that fit in? Um, that was the most recent thing I did before I went full-time doing stand-up. Oh, okay. Yeah. So was that was there a moment, like a white light moment, when you were helping a developmentally disabled person, <laughs> when, when you were like, I'm going to be funny. I think I'm <laughs> no, I actually, there was a moment where I was like, Shit, I think I have to go to grad school for this because I can't keep having the same job as people who are like in their early 20s. Like, this is too embarrassing. How old were you? Um, I'm 37, uh, so 35, yeah. four, three. When did you quit drinking? Um, when I was 29. In college, your dad was in prison? Um, in high school, my dad was in jail. Yeah. And then you know, you knew he was sober. Yes. Did you have conversations with him about it? Uh, you couldn't be his cashier without having conversations with him about it. He would not stop talking about it, uh, ever. It was the worst. He was worse, almost. <laughs> yeah. Like, what? Hey. He just he just preached about it constantly. He wanted me to go to Alateen. He wanted me to go to Al-Anon. At the time, I was like, 
if you would not be a psychopath, I wouldn't have any problems in my life at all. Like, I don't need a program. You need a program. Yeah. Um, I'm but perfectly stop happy. talking to me about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now, I mean, I've been in, I've been to the meetings of, I think, seven different 12-step programs now, <laughs> which like he totally got the last laugh, but he didn't live to see any of this, so. So you win? I guess. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Oh, it's sad though, right? I definitely win. I mean, that's the best outcome yeah. for someone with problems is help. You when, know, sure. When I mean, but like by the time he passed away, I mean, were you guys okay? Uh, th- I mean, the last thing I ever said to him was "I love you." Oh, that's nice. Um, and he died very suddenly, but we always had problems. It was very hard to be his daughter. It was very hard to be his daughter. Well, I, I mean, imagine it was hard to be my dad. But yeah, but I mean, after all that shit, when you're that young and that yeah. a- emotionally unsupported and all that chaos, yeah, I mean, shit. I mean, you know, like, it's interesting because people are always like, "Watch out!" Because when your parents die, you're going to regret that you didn't spend more time with them. And I look back and I'm like, I would, if I knew then what I know now, I would have gone no contact with my dad when you were five. When I was eighteen, yeah, as soon as I legally could have, yeah. But I wasn't self-supporting. He was giving me money, and so were you still I getting to him. like? Was he still being violent? Um, it was so hard because he would not be violent for a while. Yeah, and I would start to trust him. Yeah, and just when we had like built some trust. I would go on a trip with him or something, and I would be like, this could be really fun, and it would be fun. And then at some point during the trip, it would be the old dad again, and he would be chasing me around or chasing me and my sister around, and, he, you know, the monster would reemerge, and I would feel so stupid because I was like, what, how many times does this have to happen for you to figure out that this is always going to happen like stop thinking well, you're young i mean you we want you you have hope yeah it's terrible yeah well and it's so hard because like some people do change yeah you know with vigilance yeah and i guess he did but not until he went to jail yeah and you were older well but this is even after that i mean he stalked me in my adulthood sober he, yeah dry at least i mean he was going to meetings but i think his step work was not mine to evaluate but sure he still had but he'd still start shit with you oh yeah and i mean there are outside issues that the program is not intended to solve sure you know what i mean of course yeah yeah and eventually he went to therapy but yeah he i couldn't tell him where i lived anymore i mean i moved to philadelphia and like couldn't give him my address because when i still lived in milwaukee what i the? mean he would come to my apartment and he would ring my buzzer over and over while calling me over and over for literally 3 hours what like did he i want checked from the you? time he wanted me to let him help me shovel my car out of the snow which i didn't need or want uh. And, but I mean, really what he wanted was access to me and he would show up at my work. He would show up in my apartment. He would not, I would be sitting in my apartment as it like got dark out, like sitting next to the bed so that he couldn't see that anybody was home. Um, he's just like a terrorist. Yeah. Emotional terrorist. Yeah. Yeah. I just wonder, like, do you, would, do you have any sense of like that behavior? I mean, I'm trying, did, did he, did he want like 
did he want you to accept him or did he want you know to i don't it's that kind of behavior i mean what what is the end game of that i don't get it you know i've been i learned about um personality disorders recently uh-huh. like narcissists sociopaths psychopaths specifically borderline and i re- i mean borderline fits mhm borderline fits like those all fit yeah and that's something that's been hard to come to terms with is like he might have done it all to hurt me. He might have done it all because he crazy. got yeah. Because he got off on it. Yeah. Or he wanted some sort of emotional need to be met that couldn't be met. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry you went through that. Oh, thanks. It's terrible. <laughs> so you got you started to get sober after he died. Um. Yeah. What was your What was your moment? <sighs> I don't. No, I mean it was it was not like when it was at its worst, you know. Yeah, you're it, just tired, maybe. Yeah, I just was done, and the right person offered me the right kind of help at the right time. Like I was so exhausted from trying to quit drinking and yeah. just being, and you know, the periods of being dry get shorter and shorter. The relapses get harder and harder. Like you hit the ground yeah. running, but never, never programmed. Just white knuckle. No, now I've been in the program for eight years. No, I know, but like when you tried to get sober, I went to one AA meeting when I was. 18 yeah and i went to my second one when i was 24 yeah and i went to my third one when i was 29 <laughs> and then kept going <laughs> since then those first two were like what the fuck is this yeah this is crazy what are those things on the wall yeah yeah um the first one was two old men in the back of a perkins restaurant in yeah. decorah iowa sure. oh, and i wow. was just like this is not not your scene yeah i'm just talking about god i was like yeah this isn't <laughs> this isn't gonna do it <laughs> yeah <laughs> was that the program was not well represented in that moment no i shouldn't say aa it's all right okay I mean, I talk about it all the time. Okay. You're not, we can just make it clear. She's not here representing the program. We are two recovering <laughs> alcoholics talking about recovery. We Neither one of us would represent the program. Don't yeah. do what we do. I'm just telling a story. Yes. Um, I sometimes say the secret society or whatever. Yeah. But it doesn't, you know, that tradition needs to go. Yeah, I, w- I say the program or like a 12-step program, but I say that because my first sponsor told me, yeah. just tell people it's a 12-step program for alcohol and they'll know what you're talking about, but you won't actually say it. And I'm like, that sounds like a superstition. Yeah, like a roundabout like, that way. That sounds like you made that up. And well, if that's I, the rule. If I understand that that particular tradition properly, which is you know not to bring it into the rest rate of your film, it's primarily because if you become an example or are seen as an example of the program, and you get fucked up. Yeah. Then everyone's gonna be like, "That nah, doesn't work." Yeah. So yeah, I, and I've had pushback from one asshole. Yeah. Maybe two in my life. You know, guys whose entire life it is to right. be, you know, the fanatic bleeding deacon yeah. of the, you know, of of uh, the program. But you know, it's like, fuck off. What are you gonna kick me out? Yeah. So. I- yeah, I know. just think I have like a pathological fear of like breaking rules and authority. Mm-hmm. So I. 
I'm it. almost like superstitious it. about it. But you've been in the program long enough to see all kinds of fucking ridiculousness in those rooms. Well, and also, and no one's gonna, there's no one gonna like be like, you're done. No, get out. I'm just gonna go to another meeting, asshole. Fuck you. And if someone's really ready yeah. and really needs and wants help, yeah. they're not. I mean, it wouldn't have stopped me to know that people start drinking again after they do the program. You know, after I was they, so they're desperate. on TV. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I know. Yeah. yeah, of course not. Yeah, I mean, and then you start to realize like very few people make it. <laughs> yeah. You, it's just crazy. Yeah. But okay, so the third meeting at 29, that yeah. did it. That did it. Hmm. And what who was who was it that made the difference? Um I was living with a boyfriend at that time and yeah. he was like, "I noticed that you've been drinking a lot more lately." Yeah. And I also have noticed that you've been a lot sadder lately. Um, my boss said that he goes to these meetings and mm. they help him and he said he would take you. Would you be willing to go with him? And it was like it was the first time that I had ever even thought of that. It was like it was the first time I had thought I had thought of that. And it was like, what, a, going? A li- yeah, it was like a light bulb went off. It. Yeah. Where I was like, wait, if I go and do every single thing that they say, yeah. like maybe this could work for me willingness yeah so mm. i went and i did every single thing that they said and it worked for me how bad was it early on was it all right um how bad was i mean were you were you crazy yeah <laughs> but i wasn't like i didn't have the really dangerous physical withdrawal right just a mental kind of like just when, when, sobbed the, constantly uh, the waves of discomfort yeah. that couldn't be treated yeah it was, yeah ugh squirrely yeah. yeah i almost walked out of a meeting six days in to go drink yeah and didn't because i was on the opposite side from the door and i didn't want to have to walk through the circle <laughs> to, to leave so it wasn't a dramatic now, exit yeah you wanted to make yeah. you wanted to slink out yeah <laughs> yeah and now it's been eight years wow do you feel better yeah of course yeah yeah but how, so that's, and then like, obviously when you stop, then all the other stuff comes up. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like the anxiety and all that other shit. In, in mine's like inability to compartmentalize. Everything seems to happen at roughly the same frequency. Yeah. Well, I had, I had like a fast joke. Fast and hard. <laughs> yeah. I had a joke back then. Cause I like used to talk about it in my act where I was like, I used to, get blackout drunk, eat a whole pizza, and bang a dude, but I didn't realize that that was three separate problems. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, the pizza and the guys were still there when I got sober, and I'm like, oh shit, so that's where all the other- Oh, that's funny. 12-step programs came from, you and now I get... feel pretty together and pretty good. I don't feel like I'm living a life of active addiction. The do food's you... the hardest one, but- Food is, yeah. Do you, do you use that in your qualification, in your pitch, that joke? Uh, no. Oh, you got to. I'm so scared to make jokes in meetings because when they bomb, it makes me want to die. <laughs> and that happened like way early. You know, I feel like it's like the the new people always try to make jokes. Oh, yeah. And people laugh at stuff that you would never think people would laugh at. And they, they, were, they laugh, laugh at the at darkest, har- horrible things. Yeah, yeah. they They're laugh honesty. at the darkest, horrible things. You can't, you can't, you can't go in with a plan bit. Yeah, exactly. Right yeah, I've had bomb. a lot of stinkers. A lot of, <laughs> a lot of bombs. <laughs> Because yeah. it's like your natural wanted you want because when I first got in the rooms I was like all you people suck mm-hmm. I don't want to be one of you yeah that, I was that guy and they're like yeah we don't either nobody yeah. is here yeah they welcome want welcome to. no fuck you you <laughs> sound <laughs> you sound great you're not getting it <laughs> sounds you're like good. you have it figured out yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. So when does the comedy start? So you, you're doing comedy when you're doing developmentally disabled counseling? Yes. Where'd you start comedy? Milwaukee. You did? Mm-hmm. Where? Uh, the Comedy Cafe, which no longer exists. Yeah. And a b- bar called mm-hmm. Rounding Third, which does exist, and then just other like little bars in the area. So what year was that? 2010. All right. So they've got a little scene there in Milwaukee? Yeah. yeah. There, does, do we know other people that came out of it? No. <laughs> say that like, everyone's dead. <laughs> Everybody died. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, well, they still could. They have time. That you're, you're, you're early on. So you just started, uh, so you, you were still drinking when you started. Yeah. Oh. A lot. Yeah. And did that help? Um, no. No. No, it didn't. Were you loopy on stage? Yeah, I was oh, yeah. shit faced on stage because oh. I because I would get so nervous. I had such bad stage fright. Yeah, and so I would drink as much as I possibly could before I went on stage, and then I would, you know, there are times when I did shows and I didn't remember doing them afterwards. Oh, yeah. Like there were times when I performed completely blacked out. Um, there were times when I would get off stage and be like, how did that go? Like, how did it seem? They'd be like, you seem shit faced. Like you're very drunk right now. Yeah. Oh, oh, for friends who are comics. Right. Um, oh, so you you got in with them, the weirdos. So that was, did you feel like I'm home now? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I really felt like it because people also drink so much in Uh, Milwaukee. Yeah. I think I know it has one of at least one of the highest drunk driving rates in the country, if not the highest. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Um, when I got sober and went back there, my friends were like, we didn't think you had a problem. And I'm like, I drank first thing in the morning every day when I woke up. I mean, I didn't wake up in the morning. I drank first thing when I woke up in the afternoon every day. Um, ginger brandy in my coffee. Yeah. Or like wine or liquor, beer, anything. What was your main drink? I liked red wine the most. Oh, really? But I drank everything. Yeah. Yeah. Red wine takes a lot. It must have taken a lot towards the end to get fucked up. <laughs> it's so funny because you say that and I'm like, in my, I don't know, I still think like an alcoholic and in my head I'm like, yeah, well I would drink those like gallon jugs. <laughs> but then I'm like, yeah, that's a lot, Lara. That's a lot of wine. That's as much, <laughs> that's the that's biggest the unit it <laughs> comes in. <laughs> yeah. The max of wine. <laughs> I wanted to like be in therapy at one point and I called to like do the intake process of some place that had like a sliding scale fee or whatever and yeah. they asked me how much alcohol I consumed and I knew that they wouldn't take me if I told them the actual amount so yeah. I lied and my lie that I came up with was 10 beers a day <laughs> and, that, that'll get me in <laughs> and they were like yeah that's like way too much like you need to deal with your alcohol problem first or there's nothing anyone can do with and you you're like no I said 10 <laughs> I was like how many is not a problem <laughs> just for when I call back in 20 minutes <laughs> oh shit <laughs> So, so when do you move to Chicago? Um, three years into doing stand-up. So, and so, you, d- did you break that scene as well? Yeah. Is that where you got sober? Yeah. Chicago. Yeah. Okay. So, how was the scene there then? Who was around? Anybody we know? <laughs> um. Or had they all left? Because I guess it's later than like the 
Kumail, Pete Holmes, uh, you know, there was a little crew out of Chicago. Wasn't Mulaney Chicago? There seemed to be a, a generation. Yeah, there. but they were all gone they before gone. I got there. Yeah. yeah. So where were you playing there? Um, I got passed at all the clubs by the time I left. Oh, so you moved there when you were three years in and you just started doing what, Zanies? Yep. And the what? Laugh Factory, um, Jokes and Notes was around back then. But you're like you're not but you're like real deal comic. You're not alt comic. You're not doing like the you I know, frankly don't understand the difference. The difference. Well, I mean, there was a time where there were all these bringer rooms everywhere yeah. and, and they were not and a lot of the people that played them were not playing the Laugh Factory. Yeah. They weren't playing zanies. Yeah, they were insulated in this other community, and and there too in Chicago you had the sketch community as well. Yeah, but like it sounds like you were like real deal comedy. I was also doing all those other rooms. Yeah, I just don't count them now because they don't matter to me. Yeah, as much. You were just trying to work it. I out. feel like a lot of that stuff is like a popularity contest, and well, I did it, but it's it seemed gone. so. Oh, yeah, I, there, there's no infrastructure to that thing anymore yeah alt comedy yeah i mean it's just gone I mean, and i think it happened a, you know, a little before covid yeah. it seemed to just sort of die out because nobody really had a point of view it was just a bunch of people being goofy <laughs> yeah and being clicky right and making comedians laugh and making their friends laugh yeah and i feel like there's something that's very important about like making regular people laugh yeah that's what the job is yeah. i always thought that yeah and you thought that when um from the beginning I mean, when I've did kind you kind of always thought that but when i don't you, know when you got into comedy i mean what were you basing your 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 reasoning on like did you know other people were you a fan of comedy did you want it to be a way to make a living did you or did you just want to do it i was always a fan of comedy i always wanted to do it more than anything but i didn't think that i could but yeah. there's like a picture of me when i was like five years old i had a little bowl cut and i did stand up at my grandma's house for the talent show and i remember doing stand up at a girl scout retreat when i was nine did you do that joke about show. the pizza and the guy <laughs> no <laughs> no i don't think i had any jokes and yeah. i mean i bombed both times but i but i know that as far back as that i was aware that like this is my thing if i have any talent at all it's, it's gonna be this. to make people laugh yeah yeah and then i had a and i mean i i loved i loved watching stand up yeah um and then i had a friend in milwaukee who was doing open mics and stuff and i went and watched him at an open mic and i was like oh i could i could this do is this how you do it yeah. yeah and so i signed up ahead of time you had to like call in and sign up ahead of time for the open mic the next week and then i wrote five to seven minutes of jokes stayed up all night i mean basically went manic just practicing these just, you know in the beginning you just are obsessed with it yeah just practicing these jokes and then yeah i i did my first set and i it was like anything else like i, I couldn't get enough i could never get enough well that's good do you still feel that way no absolutely not <laughs> you've had enough yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm about done. I mean, I love it very much, yeah. but I also, there was like a point in Chicago where I, I did like 34 shows in a month and was also working at a minimum of 40 hours a week. Where at? Um, at, at a place called Shopper Track. Yeah. Uh, we track your shoppers. And I realized I had to start saying no to stuff. I was like, you can't. 
Yeah. Like this is living in active addiction. If you are saying yes to every single show, because in the beginning, that's like so that's the it's hard to, to, you know, like I, I still have a problem with it. Really? Yeah. Well, yeah, because it's like, we want you to do something because we want you. And you're like, you want me? <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh man, I've gotten real good at saying no. Yeah, me too. But it took a while. Yeah. You know, uh, and, and you know, I got it, it. It actually took being, you know, grounded and making a living on my own terms to realize like, you know, I don't need, I don't know anybody anything. Cause I've got a very, you know, uh, innately codependent disposition. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, are they going to be mad at me? It's like, no. Yeah, they're not going to like me. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't even act that way. Like, I would not say my act is the act of a guy that's worried that people don't like him. <laughs> it won't like him, you yeah. know? But it seems to be in there. You, yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, th- there is a people pleaser that I've sort of, you know, wrestled to the ground and I keep my foot on his neck. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I've seen you before you go on stage. I know exactly what's in there. You say all your thoughts out loud. I know what they are. What? This is going to suck? Yeah. These, these fucking people are terrible. They're not going to like me. Not... Oh, God, these people are going to hate me. I'm like, they don't, though. <laughs> they, they don't even know you. They're here to see you. They're I here know. to watch you do the thing that you've yeah. been doing for a very long time. It's And it's always because they're having too much fun. That, to me, is an indicator yeah. that they're not <laughs> going to like you me. Out. <laughs> that bums you out. Oh, yeah, that's so funny because we were just talking about how that's like the whole thing is to give these people a good time. You're like, oh fuck, these fucking hey, people just, are not gonna. I'm, I'm a different kind of good time. They're not gonna like what I have. I don't you. even know what yeah. I'm gonna do out there. Yeah. I don't even know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I think that is actually uh, just a thing I do. And I then th- you think... kill and come back, and you're like, they're all right. Was yeah. that all right? Yeah, they're okay. It's a, it's a ritual. It's something I've gotten used to. I don't know if it's attached to actual real feelings. I don't know. I see like a an inner child, like a little Mark, just setting yourself up so you can't be disappointed. That's all it is. Yeah. Yeah. Which, of course, you can still be disappointed. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. There's no, like, there's no I knew it. Right. You know, I can't. You know, because no one bombs and is then like, see, (laughs) (laughs) I did it. (laughs) Well, I mean, I used to do that, but that's manifesting self-sabotage, which I won't do anymore. Yeah. You know, I'll just kind of I think I disarm it by doing that weird chit chat. Yeah. You know, like this is going to suck or whatever. I I literally think that's me going like, yes. You know what, like has been helping me is like I go and look at the audience and look at the individuals oh, yeah. in the audience. I always do that. I always do that. Especially before, and I'm like, I can make that lady laugh. Like, that's <laughs> just a guy. I can make that guy laugh. Sure. Like, I can make individual people laugh, but yeah. if I see a room full of hundreds of people, I'm like, oh, fuck, these people are going to eat me alive. What I look for is, like, if there's, like, I can tell, because I've been doing it so long, I can tell the, uh, like, when I'm on the road, I'm doing I'm doing like these two hour sets right now. It's crazy, <laughs> but I'll listen. Like I can tell how drunk a crowd is by the the way they're talking, yeah. just to the decibel level. Like, <laughs> you know, like yeah. it's like, or if it's like, <laughs> like you, you can tell. And then I can also tell, like you know, if there's one table of like, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that one's yeah. You know, and I, that was why did, why are they here? Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I mean, my problem is sometimes when I'm on stage, I'll focus in on one person, and they and, and I don't notice it until they're like looking at me, like what, what? Yeah, I'm like, hey. Well, I do too, and I'll tell you who. It's that motherfucker in the front row who has not been smiling for the entire show, and I'll see them not smile for the other comedians, and then I go out and s- spend my entire set taking it personally. Yeah. Even though it's like that's not. Yeah. That's not my fault. Yeah. Because 
Yeah. If if for no other reason, then who goes to a comedy show and sits in the front row and frowns the entire time? Well, you can't. Like that's a fight with the boyfriend, or that's something else. Yeah. That's not cancer my diagnosis. Fault. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, no, I don't think I, I never think it's my fault. But I do always find myself landing on faces that aren't laughing. I mean, if you're <laughs> gonna do it, like the other night, I was in this huge theater. It was it wasn't huge? It was about thirteen hundred in Kenswick. Yeah, Kenswick, Kenswick Theater, Keswick, right? Keswick, uh, outside of Philly. It was packed, but like the house lights were just did not go down enough. Like I saw everybody, <laughs> I th- all thirteen hundred of them, I could make out <laughs> yeah. from the stage. And I swear to God, any time I looked at anybody, no one's laughing. Yeah, I'm hearing laughs. Yeah, but it must not have been from the first third of the room. Yeah, according to my eyes, it was like some horrible, like you know, turning bingo ball where I'm just like, how about that person? <laughs> Nothing. Just reaching in. <laughs> and I talked about it. I was like, is anyone laughing up in, in this area? Where are the laughs coming from? Because like, you're not. You're not. I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> it's terrible. It just happened the other night. I hate that. And I hate the converse of that, which is... You can see people laughing, but it sounds like you're bombing. Those like, the, I'm like, you all that. look like you're having a lovely time. Why can't I hear you I can't do, well, that's a, that's laughing? A, that's a structural problem with the room, and I won't do that. I just one. I, there's one in Michigan. I can't do it anymore. Really? I've done it twice, three times maybe. And what it's is just it, like a, carpet on the walls, carpet no, on the ceiling? No, sometimes it's just a, a cavernous feeling, yeah. you know, um, that it doesn't... It's just dead. Yeah. Like there was one, I had that issue in Atlanta and I had that issue where people seem to have a good time, but I also know when I'm connecting, like earlier shows are hard. Yeah. Like sometimes the energy is different, but there are definitely some rooms where it doesn't come back at you. Yeah. Uh, You know, because it gets lost. Yeah. And it's a drag because it makes us work harder. Yeah. And we're just supposed to be self- uh, regulating like that, yeah. But like, it, like I feel the sweat on the back of my neck when you know it's just sort of like, uh, no, you know, like where is it? Yeah. But so when you so you got into all the clubs in Chicago and what you just hammered it out there for six years or whatever? Uh, three years. Only three? Yeah. So you put together twenty pretty quick, half um, hour. Well, I was like, there were so few women yeah. doing stand up in Milwaukee where I started. Yeah that I got a lot of opportunities really fast from people who were outright like, we'd like a girl on the lineup. We we need a woman. Will you do that? And so I got a lot of stage time and I think I was doing half hours within six months of starting stand up. Oh, that's great. They weren't good half hours. I mean, you would have to put a gun to my head to listen to one of them again, but I could stay up there. Yeah. I could tell tell jokes. Yeah. I'm not sure that my two hours right now is what what I would call (laughs) perfect <laughs> i think i think that like you know it, it's it's an extent like i know there's a lot of stuff in there that's gonna go yeah but it's work. it's yeah. entertaining you're not doing a tight 120 up there nope <laughs> i'm so doing a funny time. 120 yeah but uh, uh it's, it's it's actually tighter than i think but there i i gotta get down to 70 yeah so like i'm starting to now think about like well that yeah i'm just doing that for fun that's so cool. That's a movie. That is something well, that, that even just vocally you have to like train your way up it. to. I, yeah, like, I, I, I noticed that the other night. Like I was starting to lose my voice. Are you ever doing two hours twice a night? Yeah. Damn. Oh no, not twice a night. No. Oh, okay. I've, I've I've just gone out with no opener, and I'm just like because I I have a lot of shit, 
And yeah. I'm just hammering. I'm like, this, like, how, how long am I going to get to do this? Yeah. You know, so if I need to prove something to myself, let's get it done. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a long time. That's incredible. I don't think about it. I try not, you know, I, it's go, it goes from, I, not, not, usually it's an hour and a half to two hours. And it's not getting, not getting less than that. That's like, because being from Milwaukee in my head, I'm like, that is how long it takes to drive from Milwaukee to Chicago if you're telling jokes the entire time. Like, that's a yeah. long time. Well, you know, if you get in the groove, you don't think about it, which is the great thing. That's really, I think, why I'm doing it. Yeah. Because, like, I've worked so hard to own this space that is mine. Yeah. Why not live in it? Yeah. I'm finally at the point where I can do an hour without my ass sweating 50 minutes in yeah. about what's going to happen if I don't get the yeah, light right. in a few more jokes. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I can do an hour now without... I feel like I'm almost done. <laughs> without being afraid yeah, yeah. of running out of yeah. of jokes. So you're headlining mostly? Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. Theaters, clubs? Clubs. Yeah? Yeah. It's great. The occasional theater. Yeah. So, all right, so you move here. And wh when, what, has, what, what are the breaks? Um, you get into the store pretty quick. Are you doing the bringer shows? What are you doing? I was here for like three years and like bombed on potluck a couple times. Had, you know, a couple that went well. Three I thought. years you were here? Yeah. Where were you working? Uh, nowhere. What? How were you doing stand up? I just was, I don't know, doing shows when people would let me, doing some open mics. Oh, but you were still doing it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Were you going on the road featuring? No. Oh, so you did... It really... I mean, like I said, I was thinking about going to grad school. Like, it wasn't looking good. I was at the point where I was having to face the very real possibility of, like, what if this doesn't happen? And I still knew it would. I don't... I know that that doesn't make sense to say, but that's just how it was. Like It's what we do. I mean, because, yeah. like, really, and I think, in my heart anyways, I knew there was no other choice. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> exactly. after a while, like, all those, like, plan Bs are just sort of like, that can't happen now. I knew there was no other choice, but I also was like, if my big break isn't until I'm 75, Ugh. what's the plan for rent? Because, yeah, like, right. this isn't even Not a plan B, it. just a rent plan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This isn't even cutting it. So three years, you're just doing jobs, odd jobs? Yeah, just doing whatever. And then, well, originally I like, I hadn't driven a car in 10 years because I was an alcoholic yeah. and, and like living in Chicago, you know, right. living places where there's public transportation. Um, and then I like got my driver's license again and moved here and started driving for Lyft very badly. Ooh. Um, so you had to preface each ride with like, I'm not sure where I'm going. Yeah. Not great at the <laughs> They driving. figured it out. They didn't need me to say anything. <laughs> they figured it out. It was like breaking traffic laws that I didn't know existed. Were you, were you working material? No. Okay. No, I was just like dying inside. It was pretty brutal. It was Ooh. pretty, it was, it, I mean, I think just moving here is hard at first. Going to meetings? Was I going to meetings? No, not really. Yes. Sometimes. Okay. Huh. Yeah. Yes and no. But staying sober. Yeah. So what happens? What changes? How 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 miserable were you by the time it shifted? Um, I was pretty miserable, but I think that we just do it one day at a time by not giving up and yeah. not knowing how long it's going to take. Yeah. Like I think if in the beginning I had known how long it would take to go full time, no, nah, I still would have done it. I just didn't yeah, have was, another choice. I was so consumed with spite, yeah. envy, and <laughs> anger that like it was. Yeah, it was. I don't know what. I don't know how I got through. Yeah, that. and then I got passed at the store, and yeah. then I by Tommy. No, by Adam. Adam. Okay. Yeah, 
and he put me on lights out and that was when when i got passed at the store that was when i quit my day job and just like crossed my fingers lights out you mean last spot no i mean uh lights out with david spade on oh, comedy, oh right on comedy Central. okay oh he booked yeah. you oh he likes you so he put you were on panelist regular um yeah i was on there like four times and had a fifth one coming up but then the show got canceled during covid huh yeah yeah I was supposed to. I was supposed to be on it in April of 2020, but that didn't happen. Didn't happen. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so was that? So that was the break. Did you get recognized from that? Like, did that? Well, I just I heard that you're supposed to quit your day job when you can no longer successfully do both. Like when you can't have a day yeah. job and do stand up. Yeah. And when you get passed at the store, as you know, you Doesn't start doing yeah. like the 1 a.m. spots. Sure. They start you with the really late ones. Oh, yeah, and and I had to wake, wake up, up at yeah. 6 for work. Oh, yeah. And really the 1 a.m. slot can be like a 2 or 3 a.m. slot, depending on how far behind right. the show is running. Yeah. So I just had to quit. And then the rest of it just fell into place. So you did those 1 a.m.s and those 2 a.m.s and those 3 a.m.s. Yeah. You were a trooper. Yeah. So you got, where did you get, did you do Montreal? Uh, Adam Egit. Adam Egit has oh, no put me in front of everyone who He's has championed had you? an impact on my career. That's Absolutely. Nice. Yeah. That's a good story. That's a good Adam Egit story. Yeah. He introduced me to all my agents, all my managers. Yeah. What a good Adam Egit story. Yeah. I only have good Adam Egit stories. He's he's concerned that there's not enough good Adam Egit stories. Oh, he's the best. Yeah. I like him. Yeah. I, got, I, I wish he would come back. Yeah. You know? I want him to be happy. I well, was really no, sad for crazy. myself when I when he left, but I feel like Austin, I th I think he prefers it, and I think he needed to get out of Hollywood. I think he did need to get out of. He needed to get he, out of that fucking he job. Did. He yeah. did, but yeah. I, I do wish the best for him. I yeah. do like him. Yeah. Um. So that's how. So he introduced you. That's great. That's a great story. Yeah. And have you done a special? Um. No. You've did. You did. What TV sh shots have you done? Um, lights out and um, Corden and the Comedy Store documentary, and laughs on Fox. <laughs> what about we gotta get you on Fallon? What's going on? Yeah, I would like to do that. You ready to go? What do you mean? You ready to do Fallon? Oh yeah, what, I I agree with you. What about fucking Kimmel? Um, I would like to do that. Yes. I've sent I I sent them a set. I sent the tonight I sent the tonight show a set, but I said boobs in it and so they didn't like that. They they said they didn't like boobs? Yeah, they said they didn't like it that I said boobs. You should be on Fallon. I agree with you. I think I should I I think I deserve everything. I think yeah. I should be on everything. Colbert? I don't does he do stand ups? I I I was told that they were fading that out, but then mm. it seems like other people have gotten it, so maybe they just were fading to out the idea of me being on the show. For for stand-up sets? Yeah. Huh. I feel like I know people who have gotten it since then. What about like a, a special? Yeah. I you feel ready? incredibly ready. For an hour? Yeah. All right. Well, you want me to call or? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I want everyone to call. If you could all show up at... I don't know, the King of Hollywood's office at the yeah. same time and say how great I am. You've, you're being represented by the King of Hollywood. That was always my problem. It's like, you're the King of Hollywood. Where's my stuff? He told me, I'm still waiting for him to call me back. He told me a few weeks ago he was going to get me a Netflix special and call me back, but he yeah. hasn't called me back yet. Yeah, yeah. I, well, let me know what happens with that. <laughs> so are you working tonight? No, I'm not. I am. I am tomorrow. 
We're on a show together. Me and you? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah. I'll be, I'll, I'm going to, now that we know each other, I'm going to act different around you. Oh, okay. And I'm not, How so? Where was the condescending part? Also, I've been waiting for that. It wasn't condescending. It was just me going like, so what do you got with the, you got an hour? What do you, it's not really condescending. Oh, yeah. It's just no, like it's not kinda, condescending. You know, it's not comic. Condescending stuff. would be, you don't have an hour. <laughs> condescending <laughs> would be, and pe- I mean, someone said this, just like people always think they're ready before they're ready. And I'm oh, like, yeah. you haven't even seen me do stand up. Well, you've been at it, what, eight? 12. Oh, you're ready. Yeah. If you're not ready at 12, then there's something wrong with you. Yeah. If you're not ready for at least the big TV shots, let alone, you know, or an hour, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. But you you know, you've got a unique take, you got a unique voice, you got a way of doing it that's your own. It's great. Thank you. So that, you know, so that, that that's different than just being like a, another person that can do it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why all these people are are behind you. That's why you got the big juice. Yeah. What? Well, in my head, the thing in my head that I was thinking is, do I have the big juice? You got, you got all the big people. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see what happens. I'm rooting for you. Thank you. I'll do everything I can to help, which isn't much other than this. Thank you. This is very helpful. Yeah, we'll see. But it was nice talking to you. Yeah, it was nice talking to you too. And I'll see you tomorrow. I'll see you tomorrow. There you go. She was lovely, Lara Bites. I keep, sorry, I just have to make sure I say it right. Uh, Again, she'll be at the Milwaukee Improv for six shows, June 23rd through the 26th. Her uh, podcast, Slobs, uh, is available on all podcast platforms. Uh, Go to wtfpod.com slash tour for all updated tour info about me. And uh, here we go. Here's some mud. Here's some muddy guitar.
Monkey, the Fonda. Cat Angels everywhere. 